0: Welcome one and all to another episode of the Close Encounters of the Nerdkind podcast. The my name's Imran, TJ Sutherland, Dan Colocott,
1: with new episodes released on the first and third Mondays of the month. Catch Close Encounters of the Nerdkind podcast at foreverinelectricdreams.com.
0: Welcome to another episode of the Close Encounters podcast. I am Dan Collicott and I am here with my fellow wrestling fans, Imran Mirza. TJ Sutherland and our special guest referee for this evening's podcast is Mr. Richard Roth. Hello. Good to have you back. Um, The reason uh, we've brought Roth back into the fold is there have been some major announcements um, in the world of WWE. Uh, Notably, Vince McMahon has announced his retirement. And Paul Levesque, AKA mm-hmm. Hunter uh, Triple H, is Hunter <laughs> <laughs> Hurst
2: Did that cut out, Epic or did you players. just forget the other two H's? <laughs> it's, it's just brain just switched <laughs> off. <laughs> My brain just went. <clears throat> By the way, Umran, can you can you play a happy day in the? Can you do like uh, a oh happy day <laughs> music over this intro? Just to celebrate. How do you mean, like Bill Withers' happy day? I mean, anything that has happiness. Because <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> well, I so mean, yeah, well, I was say... true story Okada and I think
1: Nakamura were in the Japanese video for uh, Happy by Pharrell. Really? Amazing. True oh, story.
2: Yeah. Amazing. Well, there was a That's Japanese incredible. version.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: Well, the wow. song's the same, they just, the video is different.
2: Lots of Japanese people.
1: Yeah, <laughs> literally. <laughs> <laughs>
2: What's so hard, hard to understand? Shall so I start that Actually... again? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, this, this, this has gone smoothly, I reckon.
0: This is. gone, I mean, it just went. It didn't even start. <laughs> <sighs> right. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Close Encounters of the Nerdkind podcast. I'm your host, Dan Colocott, and I'm here with three budding wrestling fans, Mr. Imran Mirza. Mr. TJ Sutherland, and our special guest referee, Richard Roth, who is joining us, especially because we are talking about recent events that have befallen the WWE, uh, the biggest of which being that um, Mr. Vince McMahon has announced his, well, I guess his retirement from all frontline duties, um due to uh various kind of controversies which we'll go into in a little in a little bit but uh also Triple H uh, Mr Paul Levesque is uh, said to be well not said to be he is taking over uh WWE create creative um and there's a lot of speculation at the moment that wrestlers who had been released or joined AW or other wrestling uh, promotions are now considering returning. Uh, I think us as fans, we're suddenly looking at the product again. I mean, I would say maybe not TJ, but um, myself, Imran and Roth are what you would call lapsed WWE fans, as in we we kind of follow the product, but we don't watch the product as avidly as we used to. Oh,
2: don't uh, worry. I'm lapsed. I'm very much lapsed. I watched <laughs> watch the rumble and maybe mania. and That's about it. Yep. That's, that's, that's it. That's, that's what I've been for the past couple of years. I think all of my information comes from, uh, Big Dave. <laughs> Is that Mr. Meltz you mean? Yeah. I'm no, big Dave. Dave. He
0: works down at the um, pluggins. Anyway. Yeah. The twenty-four hour. Nice. Yeah, that one. So before we before we get into it, I think the first question I want to ask uh, each of you is what one thing. I don't. I don't want to oversimplify and just say it, it's just Vince and just blame Vince for everything. But it's just even, Vince pal. <laughs> even if it is. Vince, I'd just like each of you to kind of quantify what was the nail in the coffin? What was the final thing that just made you say, look, I'm not going to uh, dedicate, God, I mean, what is it? It's like six or seven hours a week, maybe more, Is it? if you include NXT. Two for
2: SmackDown, two for uh, NXT, three for Raw, so seven hours a week, yeah.
0: Seven hours a week, so I was... Not far, and
2: ahead. a pay per view every month,
0: and a, yeah. So, from that, I mean, laying it out like that, it's it's a big, you know, it's it's a it's a heap of time to dedicate uh, to watching WWE if you're going to. So, each of us have kind of at some point just said, you know what, we're not we're not feeling it anymore. We're not we're not buying into the product. We we don't like what it's become. But um Starting with, with you, TJ, actually, uh, what was the final nail in the coffin that just made you say, you know what, I can't do this anymore? Because out of all of us, I feel like you held on the longest.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I think it kind of was a gradual process for me. Um, I don't think there was any necessarily any one big thing. Um, it was more, um, just, uh, I think just the time investment was too much. Plus the quality of the product was, well, has been dipping for a long time. Um, I think the change in NXT was something that drove me away because NXT was kind of the NXT version 1.0, I guess you want to call it, um, black and gold version. That was probably the last thing that kept me truly engaged and. Uh, was a show that I would watch from start to finish Um, and once that went through its huge rebrand and change um, I think that was kind of the final end. The Coffin Raw is just too long a show so I stopped trying to watch that a long time ago. I I got to a point where I just I'd watch a three-hour episode in about 15 minutes. (laughs) Um, Smackdown held on a bit longer with that but you know, again, it's just a massive time investment. And the other thing as well is that you know AEW, AEW showed up, and it was a much more entertaining, um, fresh, you know, edgy alternative. Um, so yeah, that just kind of that was that if anything was an end in the coffin, it was the arrival of AEW as an alternative. Um, and yeah, it just. Uh, I, it, like you say, it's I, even even now. You know, there's three hours of AEW a week. Uh, even that's probably a bit of a bit of a heavy time investment. So I'm I'm kind of waning on rampage now. But yeah, so that's it for me.
0: A fair answer. And Imran, what was the was was there a catalyst? Was there a moment where you just threw down your through your hands up in the air or well, i threw down your laptop or ipad and went no i'm not watching this anymore um
3: i why well, you said t was probably the last one to hang on i think it's me i'm still currently a network subscriber um oh my god yeah i don't watch what yeah i don't watch raw smackdown and And i need money to burn well no i i enjoy the network i love the broken skull uh sessions that i'm midway through the Sami Zayn episode right now which is brilliant and they're they're really really great episodes and i you know however you can watch them i really recommend it they're really really good uh just for wrestling fans that you know they're changing the business over the years etc so i really like those and as a network subscriber i kind of look forward to the monthly pay-per-views. Uh, I don't watch Raw or SmackDown. I follow the, I, you know, a day or two after Raw or SmackDown air. I'll look, I'll just go to WWE YouTube channel. Sometimes I'll click on just one video because it looks of interest. Sometimes, a, you know, a few more. Um, but, I, you know, I, I, I don't know if there was one specific thing. Um, I, I could go really far back. Um, I think in a way, Daniel Bryan, um, if you remember how many years was that, WrestleMania 30, um, when, you know, or, or the sort of the year before that, when there was a huge swell of attention coming his way and a quite obvious um, kind of attempt not to capitalize on it from uh, Vince and co. And I think that was probably the first time where you kind of think, wow, like who are you, you know, who's the audience? It's him. It's, you know, it's it's Vince. This is you know you've got money there you have arenas full of people screaming for one person and then you know it became several people at one point and they were just sort of sidelined for Vince's pet project of Roman who languished in you know a bizarre five-year run of top face being booed out of the building and it was sort of things like that that mounted up um you know the 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 demise of NXT was a, a real blow um it happened in sort of I think sort of around just the beginning of the pandemic is when I stopped watching it because the roster would just be depleted um in just waves and then they'd leave nothing left and now NXT I've never watched the 2.0 at all I've watched a couple of highlights from certain things but it's not a show I'm invested in in any way I don't I've never watched the whole episode um and um yeah I don't know if there was ever one thing that did it but yeah
0: to be fair, you used to tell me that you, you subscribed to the network so you could watch um, the Divas and the Bella Twins kind of reality TV programs. Right. So you still <laughs> aggressively follow those.
3: Uh, did, you, did, you, did you just say aggressively follow those? Yeah. <laughs> That's such a brilliant term. <laughs> no, I don't watch them. I, there's been a miscommunication, I think, um, in, 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 in a dialogue that we may not have had. But uh, <laughs> but no, as I, I think I thought um, when NXT went, that would be the point where I'd let it go. I'd, I'd cancelled the subscription, but I know I've, I have held on because um, they they provide enough of their documentary and obviously their vintage content. I watched Sami Zayn versus um, Shinsuke Nakamura uh, a few days ago from that glorious NXT uh, takeover pay-per-view. So, I mean, you know, there's there's still a wealth of content to kind of immerse yourself in. Uh, and it's always a pleasure yep. to do so.
2: Really, funny how, um, as you mentioned about the Daniel Bryan thing, how uh, how well WWE does revisionist history because every time they tell that story, it, they make it sound like it's something that they planned all yeah. along. And it's bogus to yeah. let him get over. And it's like, mm, did you though? Know? Because anyone that was there watching it at the time, I think they would say different. Mm. So I always find that I always find it funny when uh, whenever they recount that uh, recount that tale yeah. and uh yeah but they did that a second time didn't they because they had him um,
0: i can 't remember it was after his comeback he was in the they put him in the royal rumble, and I think he was one of the favorites to win the Royal rumble, and he was eliminated really. I don't know, like in a really inc- inconsequential way, really. Early oh, you mean on.
2: Re- recent comeback, you mean?
0: Yeah, I think it was the recent comeback. Say recent. But, well, recent ish. It but.
1: wasn't that. Recent because um, immediately after he got dumped out quite unceremoniously, it was Gold Dust who was coming in next. So the camera was on him looking up the aisle and it just said the shattered dreams on the title, oh, yes. which everyone <laughs> said they did on purpose to troll everybody. Yeah. Like, ah, your favorite's <laughs> just been chucked out. Fuck
3: you. But they did that, they chucked him out early and they. Uh, they chucked out Dolph, who was doing really well at that time as well, in favor of Roman, who, who won that Rumble and was due later. So they all, almost wanted, apparently, people to forget that they were there and then bring out Roman and be like, oh, Roman's in it. And it was like, why bring Daniel Bryan back for the Rumble? Just have him make the return on Raw the next night. But you brought him back for this pay-per-view. Everyone wanted him to win. He doesn't win. Shattered dreams. Roman wins. Booed out of the building with the Rock, and um, <laughs> yeah. it was just such a bizarrely Vince. pieced together
0: event. Vince got a Vince, yeah. mm. <laughs> Vince So a Vince. coming back finally, last save, save the uh, best for last. Back to Richard Roth. Um, I think you you have always had quite a complex relationship uh, with WWE, but uh, talk us through. You know when you kind of stepped back a bit from the product?
1: Um, Well, if you count NXT TakeOvers, I think I watched the TakeOvers until shortly before Black and Gold ended, I believe, but I think I stopped watching weekly NXT. Um, I think it was 2017 at some point. I think Bobby Roode or whoever beat Bobby Roode was champ at the time. Um and main roster, I specifically remember um i still like like we we said earlier we 're all we 're all watching we all still watch the royal rumble i mean you've got to watch the Royal Rumble, but as far as um weekly so weekly following the shows, it was tlc 2014 when dean ambrose unplugged a television and it blew up in his face and it cost him the match and that's when i was like okay (laughs) this is stupid (laughs) like this is like i i I always like to think i can stretch my you know you can i can suspend my disbelief on certain things Like, take transformers there are these robots that can transform. Don't ask where everything go. Like, don't ask where the seats go when they transform. It's like, all right, I can, I can do that. a brilliant my, analogy. It's <laughs> like, I can stretch my imagination to that. But when they say, like, oh, but they can fly without wings, it's like, what? That's where it, my, that was watching the show. That's where it always fell apart. I was like, why can they fly? What? But, and that's so how with WWE, it's like, pretend that they're really hitting each other. All right, well, half the time they are really hitting each other. So, yeah, I can, you know, I watch television the same as every other person on planet Earth. So, yeah, okay. And I was like, oh, by the way, this telly blew up when you unplugged it. And I was like, what? <laughs> and it was, like, and it, it was one of those, it wasn't that specific thing that was like okay i'm watching because that was dumb but it was like booking was bad around that point as well and i feel like they know what they know how to do it right when they can and or at least when they're allowed to because i really liked um when i first got back into it one of my favorite feuds was the wyatt family shield feud Mm, which was just so good and That's actually what like, oh,
2: brought me back into it as well. Yeah, I
1: was like, oh my God, wrestling's awesome. This is so cool. And because I had kind of slowly gotten back into it, like I, really slowly over about a year or two. And so then I was watching it and I was like, okay, when am I going to stop? Because like odds are I'm not going to keep watching it forever. And then it was kind of after a while, I was like, there was just dumb booking decision after dumb booking decision. And then when this happened, I was like, yeah, all right, this is stupid. So I and I was was like, shot, luckily.
2: And the TV, yeah.
1: That's yeah, not how electricity that works. Exactly. <laughs> so luckily, though, I was still at that point, like really into NXT. Because I, I mean, for me, uh, everyone seems to have their favourite period of NXT. But for me, the kind of the year that um, Adrian Neville was champion, like that, that I think the run from because when I started watching, Bo Dallas was still champion with his um, delusional thinks he's a face, but he's actually a heel character, which everyone thought was lampooning John Cena just really, really well. And from like, basically, yeah, it was like summer 2013, Like those first few years, it was just like gold. Like every week, I just remember watching it like, this is so cathartic because it's so good. And then, yeah, I think it kind of lulled a bit when I stopped watching it weekly. Um, But I think a lot of people at the time were like, yeah, no, it it, kind of dropped a bit then. And then I think really when it was like, Was it undisputed era? I think uh, when Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa, because they were DIY. I I distinctly remember when they were like DIY on the weekly shows, and then um, Mm -hmm. then they split them up, and that's when like it all kicked off for like that kind of second. I don't know if it's a silver age. I don't know (laughs) if that's what you'd call it. That kind of second golden age with with those guys. Um, But yeah, at that point, I was like just watching um, the takeovers. Because I had realized, I was like, these takeovers are never bad. And um, the other thing I liked was that they always felt like a big deal. Like, mm-hmm. no matter what, they always felt like it, And they always delivered. Like, you never watched a takeover yeah. and was like, well, that was crap. Sometimes you'd watch and go, oh, last year, you know, the one they did last time was better. But you never watched a takeover and went, well, that was a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, you mm-hmm. could watch. a. You, at this point, I think in 2014, I think there was still, you could pay like $50 for a pay-per-view. And I was like, people are paying for this? Like, geez, like, this is bad. <laughs> like, like, some of those main roster pay per views, I was like, these, I just saw these guys wrestle like three times in the last month, and they're going to wrestle again next week. So, what's the point of this one off match? It's not even like, you know, if theater's like, oh, we're wrestling at Backlash. All right, well, is it going to be at a steel cage? No, it's just the same match you saw on telly again. With a bigger <laughs> it's crowd. Different ref, though. It's different different refs, ref. Though, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Which is, I mean, uh, the, uh, people are starting to kind of push back on AEW now and saying that has Tony Khan stretched his booking skills too far? Uh, are they in? A, are they kind of like treading water because their big kind of three of their big stars are off ill? Um,
0: well, hang on, hang on. Well, we'll, well, we will come to AEW. Oh yes, don't worry, yes. we will come. That's... Okay, I'm jumping the gun here. <laughs> jumping the gun. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to give a shout out to the Um the I think it was Bray was it Dean Ambrose again? With Brain Brain Wyatt? Bray Wyatt when um a little girl that could be his new character. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome. Uh Brain Wyatt. No, Bray Wyatt came Um was in a match with uh I think it was Dean Ambrose when Dean Ambrose lost because he saw a li- a projection of a little girl saying something, do you remember that? Oh, fate God, me. that sounds awful. Um, <laughs> I think it might it might have even been a cage match, and it 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 had a, a completely, you know, the ending didn't make sense to the storyline. Like I don't even to this day we don't know if. The projection of the girl was meant to be Sister Abigail, and to this day, oh, we don't know what she said. No, no.
1: Did they ever reveal Sister Abigail? I can't remember. <coughs> didn't didn't he no, say like Sister was... Abigail's a part of me now? Or...
2: There was rumors that that's how they were going to bring Paige back, but it never came to fruition. So,
0: but but that was one of the most mishandled kind of creative characters, like. I think I, I'm. I'm not going to go over the same things as you guys because I had much the same experience with NXT. But one of the things that I kept over and over feeling with with uh, WWE was, I, one minute I'd I'd give it up. I'd give it up for a couple of mo- months, and then something would happen. Um, there would be a character or a feud, and I'd be like, "Oh, okay. Well, I'm kind of interested in that." Um, and i know for a good period of time i i loved i loved the fiend i loved bray wyatt's character and it felt like you know w w e had basically they had bottled lightning at their disposal the fan base um you know could absolutely loved the fiend he he was one of the best i don't know probably if if you think about the the various arcs of the Undertaker and maybe even Kane and those feuds that had some kind of proper backstory to them. This was as close. I feel like the Fiend and and that the you know the genesis of that character is probably as close as we've come to a proper, well written, kind of larger than life. Like more more than just a wrestler, he was. You know, he was a a proper, like, a film character, like a horror character. Um, And and I, you know, I avidly, you know, followed that whole thing. And time and time again, um, they they completely screwed the pooch. Um, Because, TJ, you mentioned that he, you know, when he starts saying that Sister Abigail was in him and he started wearing a veil... And it looked like at one point he was going to drag up and, and suddenly
2: like turn up in a wig. <laughs> no one, no one really needs to see that. I think, I think the fiend. Sorry to go on a slight segue here, but to my eyes, the the problem with the fiend was that they didn't. I think to your point, the fiend needed to be treat, treated like uh, a movie character. So if you're going to do that, it needs to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And I think that when they brought him in, they kind of started off all, all well and good, and they kind of got the middle act—not like, too bad. But they didn't have an end planned for him because yeah. a character like that can't stick around forever. If, if he's gonna, if you're gonna do something like that, he's got to have a, an end game to his to his story or whatever it is, because he's not a character that can be. You know, go for a title and then lose it, and then go for the tag team titles and then lose that, and then going into a feud with someone else and then go to NXT and da da da. Character like that doesn't a character that big doesn't work for that sort of thing. You bring a character like that in for a short shelf life. He comes in, does does like a spectacular thing with two, three, maybe four um, people, and then ends in a goes out in a blaze of glory and then just moves on, which they kind of did but reluctantly but then it kind of was a bit shit so I don't know but yeah (laughs) yeah
0: because they had they had the storyline they had two storylines with um, Randy Orton and the fiend and one was God one was in his house like a house of horrors thing which was really awful because this was about the time where you had broken Matt Hardy in was that Ring of Honor he was in or TNA originally oh TNA and so I think suddenly, you know, the the creative team at WWE were like, okay, we can actually make, we can actually ah. film film something on a set and have really kind of clever cinematic cuts. But that w- that wasn't the first one though. Prior
2: to that, you had uh, the the new day going to yeah. the wire. So this is this is before the theme. You had the Wyatt family versus the New Day at the Wyatt family complex. That I think that was around the, the Broken because they didn't they I'm sure they did that after the Matt Hardy thing. Yeah. To try and mimic it, because it was very, very similar the way they filmed it and the whole the whole bit.
0: Yeah, I think I think you're you're spot on. Um but yeah, they a, a little bit after that they did the the House of Horrors, which was terrible. It feels like um, Sister Abigail or Bray Wyatt or, or his house got burnt down about three times. Um, but yeah, as you said, the, the, there was no consistent story arc because they teased Alexa Bliss becoming uh, Sister Abigail uh, and even had like her with a puppet and the puppet was possessed and she was a bit weird and she could possess people, but by that time they'd already let Bray Wyatt go? So it was. Um,
2: that puppet's yeah. still a
0: thing, by the way. N- what with Alexa Bliss? Yeah, no, she's gone back to like being the goddess again, or one of them. No, 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 like,
2: no, no. She still no, she still has the puppet with her. Oh, no, god. And it's weird That's because true. she's kind of she's kind of pro wrestler, but she still has the lily puppet. Simply because it's selling shitloads in the WWE store. Apparently. <laughs> it's like it's like one of the highest selling things in the store yeah, at really. the moment. Yeah, but um, yeah, she um, so she's kind of she still does a little bit of the voice, but she does not she does not do any of the gimmicks or the magic stuff that she was doing. But she still walks around. And it's really fucking weird, and they need to just kill anyway. it. It's, it's so bad.
0: But I think my my biggest issue with. The whole NXT thing is I loved NXT and I, I you know, as as you've all said individually, that the pay per views for NXT were never they never dropped below below a certain standard. I mean at worst you, they might be a B plus, but they were pretty much solid A plus a+ productions. They were so good and and so epic, especially things like um is it um was it Battlegrounds? No. What's the one with the two rings? War Games. Sorry, sorry, sorry.
2: War Games! As done War by games. William Regal.
0: Yeah, that, that was awesome. But I think the thing that really irritated me, before, before NXT got completely nixed uh, by Vince and all of um, Hunter's kind of staff and bookers all got kicked out of the company before that happened the thing that and i know we, we've discussed this before but the thing that really upset me was watching um so many wrestlers such as adrian neville bo dallas shinsuke nakamura bobby rude and i mean the list just goes on and on and on i mean now currently obviously uh champers on the main um roster and, and just like a a bit part player but just, just watching all the tag teams and wrestlers from NXT get horribly underutilized, or get renamed with the most ridiculous gimmicks, uh, and then just basically they they they'd come onto the main roster, they they they'd be around for like two or three months, then they disappear and eventually get get booted out. And that's what really upset me because so many of these, you know, we, we all watched the story of some, someone like Sami Zayn. You saw Sami, Sami Zayn come up as the ultimate un, underdog and come through NXT and, and finally win the title. And then not that long after that, I think, after a brief feud with uh, KO, he came onto the main roster with a bang, you know, I think he beat I know I don't think he actually beat John Cena, but he had a great uh, match with john cena and, and everyone was bigging him up to be like a, an absolute superstar and to be fair, he's not done badly. there's a lot of NXT stars that have done a hell of a lot worse, um, luckily because he, he's his personality and his ability to promo and, and, and take on the whole conspiracy kind of characters that he does meant that they've kept him around, but he certainly doesn't wrestle very often. And if he does, he doesn't win. Um, but yeah, seeing, seeing characters like that, just get absolutely kicked to the curb and just trashed on the main oh. roster. I mean, Shinsuke Nakamura, do you remember they, they built him up to be just invincible. Same with, um, Oscar. And yet, Oscar, Azuka?
2: <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry, I love how Oscar. Oscar is renamed Oscar. Azuka. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it, it, it's like things like the the Viking Raiders um, got rebranded as the Viking Experience, and there was so there's so many. I mean, the,
1: the way they treated FTR. Oh.
0: Yeah, look at them now.
1: Yeah, look at them now, like arguably the best tag team in history at this point, like with what they're accomplishing. It's like all these matches they're having one after another. It's like that might be the best tag team match ever as another one. Mm, that might be the best tag team match ever. And it's like they had them like we've all seen those uh horrible uniforms they're going to put them in these uh, kind of yeah. flavor flavor on acid style <laughs> outfits and they were like yeah no we, we play ball and like the whole back shaving thing as well like they totally made these guys look like chumps and it's like you guys have one of the greatest tag teams of all time on your roster and you're doing skits about shaving backs like, yeah uh, they,
2: uh, apparently wwe interested in him again now
1: <laughs>
0: i wonder why
2: <laughs> good luck with that good luck with that yeah. uh, negotiation
0: <laughs> but yeah, just just to finish on the whole um, NXT thing, it was it was that complete disconnect with what you would call sports entertainment and actual real in ring, uh, you know, proper wrestling. That it, it became apparent that Vince just wasn't interested in in utilizing his the, the immense amount of talent he had that way and then obviously decided to basically dumb NXT down into pretty much what NXT was at the start I think it's just like a a developmental grounds like reality tv slash it, it's just a a kind of junior version of of the main kind of you know the main roster the main product so to the point where there's just even less wrestling now happening you know like proper storied you know, long, long, long wrestling matches that you can really kind of invest in and not know the outcome. I think that, that was one of the, the things that as soon as AEW came about, it was like the booking was so even and so much more less predictable. Like anyone could win. I know they'd obviously have to build up certain stars and characters to be, you know, at, at a certain level to get the belts. So you have to do that. But you always you know, you feel that when you're watching an, an AEW match that you you can genuinely root for both you know for both stars to win because it it, it might happen and they, they might change the belt um completely randomly. Whereas WWE just nothing nothing seems to happen unless it's just specifically troll fans to give them the exact opposite of what they want, um, and I think now myself and I don't want to speak for all of us, but I think we're we're all kind of starting to think, well, you know, will this change? You know, now there's no Vince, and now we've got you know um, Triple H is in charge of creative, who who basically gave us the version of NXT that we all loved is there a chance that there's going to be a rebalancing of things and we're actually going to see more wrestling we might actually see more more belt changes i mean the, the whole thing with the um you know the 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 tribal leader and that you know roman reigns who is a brilliant heel i mean i can't you know, I've ne- I've never been I- I've been on podcasts with you guys before, and I've kind of been quite critical of him because I've never been a massive fan of Roman Reigns, but he is an unbelievable heel, and his mic skills have just yeah have just absolutely excelled in the last two or three years. But the fact he's got two belts, he's now got both world titles, and he he's kind of gone to like god status mode because he's booked so strong that he never has to wrestle and and the rest of the um you know the the rest of his family the usos have now got both the belts so it's like and they and and they're, they're not going to um relinquish those belts anytime soon well under vince now we don't know what um what paul's going to do but yeah i i think that it, it it almost like gone back to like 1990s and 1980s wrestling where you had a champion who was a champion for about 10 years but, um <laughs> <laughs> so i think we we've kind of covered a little bit about um what what was broken and, and what you know what was what kind of led to us sort of Pushing away from the product and, and embracing AW, but for each of you, is there is there one thing that you kind of predict or at least want to happen now um, under yeah under Triple H's uh, tutelage? So uh, putting that question first to Imran.
3: Um. I suppose, yeah, no, there's, there's, I suppose there is certainly a few things I'd like, I'd really like to see happen. Um, but I mean, I, I, it's kind of hard to, I think to hunt is in a really difficult situation because he can't literally just go in and erase everything. You know, you, as you pointed out, Dan, on our, on our text chat earlier, Vince isn't dead. Vince <laughs> can pull the plug on anything <laughs> at any time. <laughs> And if he doesn't like the overall direction that the company is going in, he can just say, I'm not happy with this. I'm going to sell it. And it could just be over like that. And I think Hunt is in a very difficult situation because you have to...
2: Um, is, that, is that true? Because aren't they... I know he's the majority shareholder. which yeah, Try again. Majority shareholder. But I don't think he can just... I think he can sell his shares... I don't think he can enact an action, a sale of the entire company. Oh, really? From his position. I don't think so. Well, I could be wrong. Well, let me adjust that. I I think think from his position, I don't think he can. Well, I'll
3: I'll adjust it to I think Vince can put a spanner in the works a a lot easier than it it might seem he can. I think Hunter needs to... He's got a very difficult line to cross, and I think the changes that he makes will be long term, they'll be subtle and it'll be over time. I think each week a little thing will change. A little thing will change. And I I think if you if you know if you work with Vince on that personal level, you know who Vince likes. You know what Vince's plans would have been for those championships with Roman. I don't know if if there was a plan other than Roman holds them until Roman retires. I have absolutely no idea. But it's (laughs) I mean that I would say now, that is the immediate thing I'd really like. I'm actually in favor of the Roman run at the moment. I think that run specifically is attached to the Universal Championship. So let him have that. It's a great run. People are on board with it. And I, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a really long-term champion. But why? what I can't fathom is why they gave him the Raw Championship as well. And I really, I would love to see that as a priority. And I don't... Please don't remove it and then hand it to Brock for a year. That's not what I'm saying. Let someone else have it. But I just can't, it just does my head in. Just Austin Theory. Yeah, exactly. It's just, it just, well, yeah. I mean, I thought, wouldn't wouldn't that be great? Because obviously Vince was really high on Austin Theory, but wouldn't that have been hilarious if Hunter on day one just said, Theory, you're cashing in tonight, you'll be squashed by a Roman, you're back of the queue. Like, what a statement that would have been to Vince's plans going forward. But obviously, that's, he can't do that. Not that he would want to, but like, it's just that kind of notion of you have to be respectful to, to the plans that Vince had in place for people. But the first thing I'd love to see is that Raw Championship uh, be separated, however you want to do it, because you can't have Roman be pinned. I understand that you can't just do that. So Roman has to relinquish it in some way, or you have to wrestle it from him. No pun intended. But I just want <laughs> someone else to have it. And, with, you know, AJ would be a great champion right now. I'd love to see Finn. Uh, Kevin Owens following the WrestleMania match with Steve. Like, that would have been a great timing. You know, he he was, you know, he was mega hot at that point And um, him having a championship run right now would be great. Um, and I just, yeah, there's so many people that would be deserving champions on Raw. And it just does my head in that you've just taken it and given it to Roman, who has no current plan of having those belts removed. So, um, yeah, that's the first
0: paramount thing i'd really like to see happen um i was just going to say normally in situations like that um you'd have someone i know they kind of they sort of had it they did it with with sammy zane who was um pretending or claiming he was a member of the family for a long time but it feels like if if, the, if they could welcome someone else into the the family circle who then turns on Reigns and, and somehow costs him one of the championships that would like, like, I I, I thought they, I I thought they were going to do it with Seth. I thought they might have like some kind of, um, yeah, some, some sort of reconciliation where they become, you know, like Roman bestows the championship to whoever the person is. You mean? well it it could either be like that or or that you know somehow that person um ends up part of that because like, it's like a faction isn't it mm. the, the tribal leader faction um i think that's the name for it, and it as then well, the tribal leader faction huh? <laughs> <laughs> and then basically um you know turns on roman but at the moment yeah, as you say, that there's no. It just doesn't feel like there's any possible way they've booked themselves into a corner. So there's just no way that I don't know how how, how are they going to make him lose a title? Because as you're saying, man, I, I don't think they're they're going to let him. He won't take the pin, but that's, he could very well. I mean, it's lame and I don't,
3: you know, I don't necessarily think it's the best way, but just as long as they do it, but he could just come up at some point and say, you know, Survivor Series is coming up, uh, champion versus champion. I'm throwing, I'm giving the Raw championship away. Raw, bring your champion and I'll meet them there and I'll, I'll, I'll beat them. And, you know, you could give a new, make someone a champion based on a tournament or whatever, yeah, Roman will probably win the match, or but just just separate him from the belt, just take it away. And that's not a comment on Roman; it's just the the notion that Raw is missing a champion. It just does my head in that you have a lot of yeah. um, you know people that could be carrying that brand and having having great programs, and it's just being denied
0: for some reason. Because it's really strange. Because didn't they have uh, TJ? Correct me if I'm wrong. Was it Otis who won the Money in the Bank, but then <laughs> got conned out of the case was that right
2: yeah well that was that was before roman had the title so uh bobby lashley i think had the title at the time right uh and otis won the money in the bank and then he got into a feud with the miz who won the briefcase from him in a court case which sounds (laughs) makes me feel more stupid just (laughs) saying those words uh yeah he lost the court case on an episode of raw uh Miss cashed it in, and then uh, yeah, I think he cashed it in on Bobby. It latched. was on Drew,
3: and he promised Bobby. Bobby, oh, yeah, sorry, it was Bobby. Drew. Came sorry. up, yeah, yes, he was. Yeah, anyway, that was Bobby yeah. took it from him yeah. like, the next day or something.
2: Yeah, but that was all. That was all pre-Romans. So yeah, God, um, I, I uh, sorry.
0: Now go on, TJ. What? So what? What do you think or
2: want to change? um First off, um. I think I kind I kind of agree with part of what Imran's saying there but I so I think I don't think um Hunters actually in that trickier position um and, and not because of uh because I don't think Vince is actually as big a factor as we are worried about. And I and I know historically you kinda of look at Vince and you go, he's got his hand in everything and you know he's never gonna let this company go and yada 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 and all that kind of stuff. But I I'm actually quite um quite excited for the potential of what Hunter could do with the company. And I think I think Iman's right. I think the changes will be subtle and gradual and more long term looking but not necessarily because he can't suddenly make quick changes because Vince won't let him, but I actually think he'll do it subtly because I think any like sudden changes to the product I think would actually alienate quite a lot of their fan base because a lot of the fan base uh hardcore Vince fans and the people that have stuck around and haven't drifted away from wrestling or haven't switched over to AEW watch WWE because they love... WWE, they love 50,000 camera cuts, they love court cases where people win the money in the bank briefcase they love <laughs> uh, you know uh, lilies, the Lily dolls that they buy at the WWE store, they love ridiculous DQ decisions, they, they truly are embedded in the WWE product and they love all the bullshit that comes with it, That's to them is what is wrestling and they look at AEW and go that's bullshit, I, I don't like that So that's why they've not switched over. And I think Hunter's smart enough to recognize that if he makes any huge sudden shifts to, you know, if he suddenly goes from uh, Raw is its usual stuff to an NXT version 1.0 clone, where it's, you know, two and a half hours of wrestling and two 10-minute promo segments, like, people are going to lose their shit. So I think he's going to be smart. I, 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 the things that I want to see happen, which I, th- which I think are, seeing are things that kind of see the hints already. I I, I just want it to be a more relaxed atmosphere uh, when they're making the shows. I want to see better commentary, which I think will happen now that Vince isn't shining in people's ears. I want to see the muse, you know, I want to see the people cut promos and sound like regular human beings and not come with this weird WWE vernacular that, that they always come out with. And I want to hear fans being called the WWE universe or people talking about opportunities every two minutes. I want to hear people talking about belts and championships and titles and, you know, make it feel like, you know, it can still be sports entertainment because that is what they're in the business of doing, but also make it feel like a sport. You you know, they seem to have drifted too far into the kind of so proper style of it. And I I want a little bit of the... The sport element and the competition element to come back a bit, and I want to see, yeah, I want to see you know some different people getting pushed, and um, yeah, just I, I I I believe that Hunter is very much about that, and and we've seen how smart a booker he is, you know. NXT wasn't perfect; there was some, there was you know, it had its problems as well. But as Roth said earlier, you know, the takeovers, you know, you knew when the takeover was coming around; it was it was worth a watch, and. It'd be good to see. It'd be good to see that level of quality start to come through in the main roster again. They've got the talent there. They've had the talent there all along. It's just the booking and and the way that they, the way that people are treated, and you know that sort of thing. So I, I think Hunter's saying the right stuff now, and I think the Spectre of Vince. I don't think it's going to be too much of a too much of a big deal because that that company is. As much as we say it's all Vince because he's been all over creative and all that kind of stuff, when it comes to the actual control of the company and stuff like that, it's not all about Vince. Otherwise, he'd still be there. Mm-hmm. The reason why he's been let go, or the reason why he left, should I say? Sorry, he retired slash resigned. Um, mm-hmm. Was because the board, you know, the board would have would have. Uh, basically would have fired him and, and got rid of him in disgrace and found a way to possibly you know well I don't know he's he's paying the money back now but yeah. We can go into that another time. But yeah, I think he's he's um his departure was because he's not as quite as powerful as I as I think we all believed him to be and as he probably believed himself to be as well.
3: can I just sorry, can I just quickly jump in? I think there's I think in the, in many ways to your point, Tesh, I almost think those things a lot, of, a lot of those things were kind of gonna happen uh with vince at the helm um and you know sorry with the current structure uh in place i, I honestly i actually think that
2: sorry which which things
3: oh mm-hmm. like the, the general changes in in kind of uh, wrestlers uh the freedom in promos and the freedom in different people being pushed mm-hmm. i actually think because i think it's whether it's a conscious thing for vince or not um if you look at them signing cody cody said right. if you look at cody's situation in wwe he spent many years languishing as they say in catering he spent many years in a gimmick that he hated um he now he referred to, to aew uh, at, as the ellis island of professional wrestling when he was there, mm-hmm. he had three years of complete creative control of himself. Not, um, yeah, complete creative freedom, not control, sorry, complete mm-hmm. creative freedom. Yeah, yeah. And the years before that, he could do what he wanted, be who he wanted, say what he wanted in Japan, in Ring of Honor. When they hired him, he, there's a really great interview um, that he did, you, you guys might have seen, um, with uh, Ariel Helwani after WrestleMania.
2: Yeah, yeah. And he That's talked
3: right. about when Vince you know, approached him and when they had the conversations, Cody said, I want to retain all elements of me. I want my theme. I want my name. I want my character to be intact. And Vince said, that's what we're buying. Totally fine. And if you look at Cody's promos that he, he, he was, he was, um, you know, saying on raw and everything like that, they weren't scripted, uh, his, his theme song even has the, the thing, uh, wrestling has more than one royal family. They didn't remove wrestling. I think Cody was mm. able to bring so many of those creative elements because Cody had what no one has had for a really long time, and that's bargaining power. Anyone hmm. that came up, the, the roster's populated from people from NXT. And no matter what you did on NXT, you had no bargaining power. As Keith Lee found out, as Adam Cole found out, and as Karrion Cross found out, it meant nothing what you did in NXT. Now they're plucking people from an AEW roster. These are people that have had creative freedom, creative you know, uh, uh, c- control to be who they want on, on camera. Any negotiation with anyone from that side of things worth their salt is going to say, well, I want this. I don't want to be micromanaged. I want this freedom. I want this freedom. By default, they have to agree. And that's what was interesting about FTR because ftr it came out that they've been approached. We know why FTR left. They were very vocal, the fact that there was no tag division. There was nothing to keep them there. And, and they said, we'll give you the titles. There still isn't one. <laughs> well, Yeah. And they said when they initially said that they wanted to leave, apparently the, the company said, we'll give you the championships. And they said, but there's, there's no one to fight against. There's no division. There's no respect for a division. If they're approached about coming back, they're going to say you have no division. And then they'll say, we're going to we're going to fix that. And I think that's interesting. Anyone now from AEW that comes over is going to have bargaining power because no one had it before. And that's what's really interesting. And I think by default, those changes would have happened again, very long term. It would have, you know, mm-hmm. when people come in. Yeah. I'm,
1: mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm. so you might be about to say what I'm about to say, but I'm dubious that it wouldn't necessarily have happened under Vince's watch. You may have got, it already I think happened. you may have got, okay. you. Did, sorry. Sorry. Yes. It did happen with Cody and it had to happen. Otherwise there's no way they would have got him. Um, It, may well have happened sorry it would have happened if mjf actually did start to talk to wwe proper and they did want to sign him i'm sure he would have had the exact the exact same steps but it i mean when you're talking long term i mean it would have happened it it would have happened in a few dribs and drabs like over a very very long period of time because there were a lot of people that didn't want to go to wwe specifically because Vince was there, mm-hmm. and regardless of Cody's situation, even after Cody went, there were interviews of people at, WW, uh, at AEW that were saying, as long as Vince is there, I'm not going. Even after seeing wh- how things went with Cody. And also, Cody's like a huge star, so, you know, he's he's like, arguably one of the biggest stars in wrestling right now, so I'm not sure that you can I mean, you can you can use him as an example of the winds changing, but uh, you know that's one person in a roster of however many people they got at WWE. You know things like the way that the commentators are treated outside oh, of sure. These were like, I, perhaps, guess, I
3: said that these like, would be long term things, but again, I I think like Cody's proved hmm. the point. I think in terms of what he brought over, and I I do think anyone outside of WWE that had any negotiations about coming over would have had. Things that they wanted, and they would have been, they would have been um, allocated. They would have been given those things, and th- and I just think that's a culture that spreads. Uh, and and... Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I I don't
2: know, I don't know. Sorry, one last thing. I was just going to say on, that. I I think I'm not sure that it's necessarily a culture thing as much as it would be under Hunter, because that's how Hunter likes to run his ship. To me, the Cody move wasn't necess- never ever felt to me like a, a Vince is changing type scenario as much as it felt like a I want to get one over on my competitors thing. That's, that's what exactly it all, what I was that's, say. that's what it always felt like to me. And and it makes sense because at the end of the day, you know, if you can nab your competitor's biggest star, then why the fuck not? And we still to this day, we still don't know why Cody left or didn't renew his contract with AEW. Was it because they weren't enough, enough money? Not enough creative control, B for Tony Khan, felt it was time, whatever whatever it is. We still don't know what the issue with that was. And the only other place he could have gone was WWE. So yeah, i I I I struggle to see that as a Vince has changed his ways scenario as much as it felt like a oh I can get one over on my competitors. Fuck it, we'll give him whatever the fuck. He but wants. if that's what he has to and do the to thing, sign and this, people, and though, and this, then it, 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 and it the doesn't same, matter
3: if whether if that's his logic or not. If that's what he wants to do to sign people, then it changes anyway. Then that's, it's not about but then whether not he changes his mind. Well, it has to. If you have well, it's Seth, not a cultural shift, but it is. If you have Seth well, Rollins, if you have Roman Reigns saying, "Well, why do they get this freedom and I don't?" I'm like, "Yeah, okay, you can go out there and do your own promos." Then it
2: changes. Well, that that well, then that I don't think I'm I. We didn't really see an example of that happening, though, right? I mean, I know Roman had that power, but did anyone else in WWE have that power to go out and do what they wanted? Did it ever feel like that at any point? At what point? Uh, after Cody oh, arrived, no. well, did it I, ever well, feel I mean, like I, I, I'm not there? I don't know, but my point is like you know, I I, I... I kind of, sorry, I I, kind of, I see what you mean, and I I I get where your logic is going, but I I just feel like I never saw. That example from Vince that hey we're gonna you know we're 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 actually rethinking how we want to portray our product or our wrestlers or any of that based off of the move to bring Cody in I, I I just don't really see that but I <laughs> but I see I see where your I see where your logic is going with it but I never I, I never saw an like example st- of that st- stepping
0: in because we're. We've gone on a massive session. I want to go another round. No, really. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you're both kind of right, um, uh, Imran. You might have well been proven that your theory is is correct, but we we probably won't know because well, Vince's well gone, or at least he's further yeah, back in the in the system. Um, so we, we we won't ever know if that cultural change was going to happen. Um, but I think your logic is sound. I also think you know. As I say playing devil's advocate here. I think TJ's logic that Vince just wanted wanted to do anything to screw um, to screw over AEW and get one up on them by taking literally that their biggest one of their biggest talents. I think these are both valid things. And yes, that hopefully would have had a knock-on effect that um, if if he had poached more people. From AEW, and as you said, and they had that bargaining power. Then hopefully that, that would have seen a culture, culture change. But I think it's. It, I don't want to give I don't want to give Vince that much credit, but you know you would hope it would have that effect. But anyway, uh, going back to uh, Mr. Roth, um, I've completely forgotten what the question was now. Tim in my uh, TJ. The question was who Sorry. was Ryan Roth or me or TJ? <laughs> Clearly, TJ. Um yeah, Rich, what 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 would you like to happen in, in the next like in the next kind of three to six months, what changes are you hoping you're gonna see um in WWE?
1: Storylines <laughs> Story that start with an ending. <laughs> Storylines that like have when they start them like, oh right, we know where this is going and we're gonna get there. Like if you look at things for instance with um AEW, the hangman Kenny Omega story that went, like, two years or something like that. Like, they knew where that was going. That had an ending. And um, they're kind of... Again, I mentioned earlier that they're slightly feeling a little bit disjointed at the moment. Again, maybe it's just because their top guys are... Or several top guys are off ill, um, which shouldn't really be an excuse at all. But um, it's just, like, things... I I just want storylines just not to be kind of forgotten about. And I want things in the storylines to make sense. It's like, I can't, going back to that suspension of disbelief, it's like, I just, like, I, you know, I want to be sold to. I don't watch something thinking, oh God, I hope this is crap. You know, this isn't like Gogglebox or anything like that. It's, <laughs> it's like, I want this to be good. Like you sell me something quality, I'll buy. But so that that's mainly what I'm hoping is just, they, they, that we start to get solid feuds where it's like, oh, look, that's that payoff. Oh, that's what they mentioned before. I mean, you don't have to maybe go to the same, like AEW knows that they have the hardcore audience in the palm of their hand. Um, they uh, WWE doesn't necessarily have to go that far. And going back to what everyone was talking about with NXT, it's interesting how it, I think Hunter sold it to Vince as developmental, but it was pretty obvious. I think within the first year or two that it was like, no, this isn't developmental. This is clearly our quote unquote hardcore fan brand. Like, there was one point when they had a show somewhere in California, and um, Triple H was backstage with Stephanie, and someone caught him saying, Developmental, my ass. And also, mm-hmm. when um, we saw TakeOver London um, beforehand, like, Triple H opened the show by saying to the fans, like, This is your brand, which I always took as him saying, No, this is for the fans. Like, this is your thing. Like, don't worry. Like, this is. This is what you're here for. So that's... I know main roster WWE isn't going to be that. And as we've said before, it shouldn't be that because you need to have the variety of options and you don't want to turn off the existing loyal fans who are like, no, I don't want AEW. If I wanted that, I'd watch AEW. But I just want the stories they have to make sense. I mean, like, it can be silly. Look at Marvel movies. They're ridiculous but they they make sense, or the good ones anyway, make sense and it fits in its world. And that's just what I want. It's like, just make it make sense. Like taking silly stuff seriously, like Marvel making these multi-billion dollar movies, like that's cool now. Like giving geek stuff to people that know what they're talking about and know how to pay respect to the product is cool right now. So it's like, that's, I just feel like, they have this writer's room full of people, one of whom, I mean, she's not there anymore. I don't think for obvious reasons I would have left if I was there. She won an Emmy and it's like, these people aren't crap. Like let them do that's Steve jobs. Power was hiring people who are good at their job and letting them do their jobs. Well, like do that. Be like, okay, we've got this room full of writers. We've got this roster full of professionals who have been training like their whole lives to do this job, or at least since they failed at football. But. <laughs> um, just let them do their jobs. Damn. <laughs> let them do their jobs, and it will be good.
0: <laughs> but that well, was the thing about Vince. <laughs> he, he, would, he would turn up um, at the start of a show, like literally like an hour beforehand, and decide that, I don't know at what point the, the script or the, the, the running order or, or whatever was communicated to him, and he would see it. And right at the last minute, tear it to to shreds and completely rebook an entire, you know, two or three hour episode um, from scratch because he just decided he didn't like what he saw. And I know there's there's a lot of wrestlers anecdotally, you know, on interviews who have said there are times where he he does get involved and it turns out the, the creative decisions he makes were the right one. So you know the, we have to give him some credit he does know what he's doing but then there's other times where it's it's so much stress and pressure and last minute and you know he's as you said as we've all said he's he's in everyone's ears telling them what to say telling them what to do all the way through an episode and it's just it's that level of he doesn't seem to trust anyone um, the fact, I mean, I always thought he, he trusted Triple H. I always thought that he had, uh, you know, healthy respect for what he had done and earned in NXT. But when he completely ripped that up uh, and brought in whatever the new NXT is meant to be, I absolute God knows it's such garbage. You know, you think, well, hang on, this is one of your main guys. This is your son-in-law, for Christ's sake. <laughs> And you've literally kicked him to the curb and and taken all the the kind of staff and people that he he built up around him and just got rid of them because you've decided that you still know better. And that's the thing, for a is he seventy six year old bloke to seventy seven, I think. Seventy seven, to still be micromanaging every aspect of the of the product to the level he is, is just you know no matter how good you are no matter how professional and your your knowledge and ability to kind of do these things because no one's denying that that Vince isn't you know doesn't know what he's doing you know he's he's been in this industry longer than anyone um in terms of you know running a successful product and turning something that that, that was worth millions to to you know tens of billions that, that it's worth now but it it just feels like you can't control things to the level he was and be over the top you know just literally be over the top of everyone um to the level he was and still get it all right and and not completely you know make some major missteps and decisions that other people you know, even the, well, us, I mean, I know we're not, we're not necessarily the, the most typical fan demographic, but a lot of people, it, it's, it's really hard to work out what motivates Vince. What, what is the reason he does the things he does? Because paralegals so much... apparently. Oh, uh, what's that?
2: Paralegals apparently. He's that's that's <laughs> <does it> <laughs> <laughs> definitely over the top of them. I know that much.
0: Oh dear. So, before before we go into uh, Vince's um, uh, extracurricular activities, I think it'd be interesting to, to find out from all of you um, what you think, how this how these changes in WWE will actually impact AEW because we're all AEW fans. You know, I think we we love what what Tony Khan has done, and we we've got a massive amount of respect because. Well for me personally, you know, AEW became everything that WWE wasn't. It became it it started off on like a fairly even footing, even you know, at, at the beginning it wasn't as good as what NXT had become. And then NXT just became worse and worse and AEW got better and better. But um yeah, starting off with um you man, what you know, what impact do you think these these recent announcements will have on AEW. Do you think AEW will benefit, or do you think it, this is going to be a serious um, challenge to that brand?
3: Um, that's a it's Well, a great question, and I, I I think it's it's interesting because I think AEW's almost top ten wrestlers. You know, you could probably, if not all of them, are from the NXT kind of brand from Miro to Malachi to, uh, Adam or all three undisputed, you know, there's, there's a huge amount of, um, uh, Moxley. There's a huge amount of people, um, gosh, Cesaro, uh, that have come from that, that stable, that camp. And while all of them are disgruntled heavily with WWE, they all have absolute adoration for Hunter. And, They've all been, a huge amount of them, if not all of them, were world champions in Hunter's eyes. You know, look at the run Undisputed had Andrade, a former NXT world champion who was very unhappy on the main roster. Um, You've got all these guys that Hunter adores and they adore him. Neither of them, none none of these guys have said a bad word about him. So I I think for Tony, it must be very intimidating because... You know, AEW has been built upon a diehard, loyal level of support from its fan base and its wrestlers. But it's almost like you can feel the eyes peering over now because this is what those guys have wanted for a very, very long time, and it is going to be very interesting. And I, it's almost that like you could get like a brand switch now because AEW is so populated with former wwe guys it's almost like the AEW originals <laughs> might end up getting poached and fronting uh the main roster now for the wwe so it's i think it is a, a cause for concern for, for tony uh for tony khan but uh i mean it will, you know it's all time will tell isn't it
0: do you think just just one question on that topic do you think there could be a forbidden door yes, situation I do. where
3: I actually do, um, but again, it it will need its time um, before it can fully um, uh, happen. I think Hunter uh, and company as well. I mean, so Stephanie's obviously we, we've we've glossed over her new position. I mean, one minute she had left the company, and then the next she's like CEO or co CEO now. So, I think everyone needs to embed. And they buried her on the way out. Well, her.
2: Yeah, they buried her on the way out as Where, well. What, what did they do when she when when she left the some people from the executive Executive team or something like that in WWE was saying how she was bad at her job oh, really? okay. and she wasn't able to to cope with the role and all wow. sorts of stuff.
0: If like, yeah, they they really trashed. Yeah. Oh, really oh on Gosh, her. I didn't hear yeah. any so um, What's and, going and on with those? Later,
2: yeah, can you come back? I know
3: what's those. I mean, I don't think we'll ever really find out what is happening with like the McMahons as a as a contingent. I mean, obviously Shane was uh, let go early this year, wasn't it? After was it after the Rumble this year? um it's you know yeah. i mean obviously more revelations about vince's extramarital stuff which reason isn't a surprise to anyone i imagine um but i mean as a unit it's yeah it's fascinating that they're trying to maintain their you know the sort of combined front but it looks like it's sort of crumbling in between them all but yeah i i ultimately i i do think it's um uh, I do think a forbidden door could happen, to be honest. But again, everyone needs time to embed in their roles, and um, uh, yeah. And I, I think it absolutely could happen.
0: Okay. Same question, Richard. What do you think?
1: What was the original question? <laughs>
0: uh, the original question is: Do you think that AW? Well, what impact do do these recent announcements and the and the potential changes? In WWE, how that can impact uh, AEW, good or bad or neither.
1: Well, I think I think everyone's kind of covered, kind of the the obvious points that talents now talent that will be loyal that would be loyal. Like who is it? Um, Gargano who hasn't really signed with anyone. Um. He's mm. probably more likely to go back to WWE. If he is going to sign again, he's more likely to go back to WWE now than go to AEW mm. um, with Hunter True. in charge and all this kind of stuff. Um, I think for me, what, what I'm uh, short term, like the w- WWE is now like kind of the hot property almost because of this. It's like, oh, everyone's just excited. It's just like when AEW came out, it's like, oh, this is yeah. the new thing. What are we going to see? And like when, I remember when uh, NXT first started picking up steam and they were kind of interviewing people and it's like, Oh, this is the new thing. Like, what's it going to be? Like, everybody wants to go there. And it's like, this is, so it's going to be interesting to see where it is in a few years time. Cause like, if you look at AEW now, it's kind of we're well out of the honeymoon phase with those guys. And it will be interesting. Like if, if Hunter does well to begin with, um, how long the honeymoon phase lasts there, and kind of how much it strengthens. Because ho- my my hope for this is that it strengthens how much the talent will be able to ask for, um, as far as creative uh, creative freedom and also money. Because someone pointed out, it was like people complain about how much footballers earn. Uh, when I say footballers for international viewers, I mean like kind of European soccer players. But they earn like a really, really, really high percentage of the team's income. Like the, uh, most, I think it's like most of the team's income goes on players. As far as I could I might be remembering it wrong or it might not be most, but it's I think like the largest chunk goes on players where it's something like 10% of WWE's money goes on the talent. And it's like, it would be nice if they, I mean, like I say, everybody complains about how much footballers get paid, but it's like at least they're getting paid because they're the ones we're paying to see. I'm not paying to see like Ronaldo's manager. I mean, and I'm sure like the, the, the lady giving massages in the back is probably a lovely person, really good at her job and really, really like an integral part of the team, but I'm not paying to see her. I'm paying to see whomever it is on the pitch and it's like they get the money
0: and, and, and to be fair just to cut in uh wrestlers do i think their their kind of their, their touring schedule and the amount of you know the amount of um working out they have to do to maintain those fitness levels is way more than footballers yeah
1: and i i feel kind of bad um, and just in that bit there saying something about the masseuse I don't know why I picked masseuse because actually, they actually do contribute
2: something like, I, wonder, like, I wonder why you picked the masseuse I have no idea but
1: it's probably because no. they need a massage so if, if oh, okay. like if, if any masseuse is re- hearing this now they're probably oh, going to purposely elbow you through the back now no but basically I mean, like, it, I'm glad the talent are getting the money whereas with WWE from what I read in whatever article it was it's like they're not getting the money it's going to like Dickheads like Kevin Dunn, um, who shouldn't be anywhere near the product anymore. That's another thing everyone's saying. It's like, let's hope Kevin Dunn is, it's like, let's hope it's days and not um, weeks or months until he is no longer a part of the industry. Um, I think he's got enough money now that his children never have to work again. So let's get to him well, as soon as well, possible. Isn't there
0: allegations? There's, there's a few kind of, there's a bit of smoke around him and allegations.
1: Oh, but... yeah. I mean, Jim yeah. Cornette would love that.
2: I know there was, <laughs> I know there was Vince and John Artists. I didn't hear anything about Dunn, but I mean, it, it's boys, more.
0: So. I don't think it's to, to 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 Vince levels, but like some of the the things he said. Uh, and le- basically tantamount to kind of bullying and sexual discrimination and things like that. There's a few... That's just a regular day at WWE, right? Well, exactly. I mean,
2: yeah. People complaining they... about falling. You know what you signed up for. Get back to work, bitch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I see Lovely you used to work out there as well. well <laughs> I hope women d- don't listen to this podcast because... Uh... I was talking to Roman. Oh, fair <laughs> But, yeah. Apologies to all masseuses out there. You
2: know, we, <laughs> we love No,
1: I, I probably should have said someone like high up, like I don't know, Rupert Murdoch or who who like someone high, basically I I, I yeah are you like, suggesting
2: masseuses aren't high up at the food chain? They're wow, not going are Digging yourself like the, in even bigger, <laughs> I'm digging digging yourself a bigger hole. hole right but um,
1: I basically yeah, I just mean I want the money to go to the talent and not uh, <laughs> people <laughs> on the board.
2: Yeah. The masseuses on the board. <laughs> 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 Fuck masseuses, man. <laughs>
1: This
2: is a great... <laughs> that backtrack is just epic. <laughs> wow. joy, to, joy to listen to.
0: At least this podcast will end on a happy one. <laughs> oh, God. Oh. TJ, same question to you. Quick,
2: fill in. Oh, uh, so... Shit, what was the question again? Oh, uh, AEW. Effective AEW. Yeah. Um. um I'm not going to... Go too much over I think Imran nailed a lot of it around um you know talent uh looking over the to where the grass is a little bit greener right now. Um I think the key in this whole thing though is what happens when AEW's TV deal comes up. Um I think that's gonna be the biggest factor in all of this because if they get a really good TV deal and a lot and a bigger TV deal than they currently have, they will be able to be a bit more competitive monetary-wise with WWE, um, which means they will be able to hold on to some of their bigger talents um, and it won't be quite as painful for them over the next couple of years. Um, I think it's still going to be painful either way. I think they're going to lose some people. Um, But, you know, how much money they've got to be able to compete with WWE on a paying people's wages front, is going to be the key. If they get uh, a similar or God help them, if they get worse deal than what they're currently on, they're going to really, really struggle Double. to hold on to people. And, you know, you might be seeing the Joey Janellas of the world as AEW champ next week, um, <laughs> you know, and it's, it's it it could be tough for them. Um, but I think, you know, everything is cyclical. And if they can stay in business, if they can stay in the game, um... It will get to a point where at the moment, you know, AEW's roster is very, to me, quite top-heavy at the moment. they brought in a lot of people. Um, And there are a lot of people that, you know, it gets to a point where there's a saturation point. Not everyone's getting as much TV time as they was expecting. Not everyone's getting the level of shine they were expecting. You know, someone debuts and suddenly it's, okay, thanks, who are you again? And, you know, they've got the ROH guys there as well. You know, you've got a guy like Jonathan Gresham who had a falling out with Tony Khan at the weekend uh, due to lack of communication. Tony's juggling a lot of plates. So, you know, uh, I, I I think there's going to be a shift of people going, okay, you know, as everyone said, people going to be looking over the fence, going, WWE looks quite attractive. But then I think it will likely... Tend start to shift back once you know WE starts reaching saturation point. And they can't make everyone happy. If AEW is still in the game, they're going to look like a more welcoming prospect because you know there's more opportunities there. And it And I think if we can get to a point where there's a kind of happy balance between the two, and you know you you get hopefully to Dan's point, a, a forbidden door. Between AEW and WWE, or AEW, AEW, WWE, and New Japan, like imagine like a supercard with the three biggest hitters on the planet. It would be absolutely insane. So, you know, uh, the the hope would be that Hunt will be accommodating to those sorts of talks. I'm pretty sure Tony Khan is New Japan would be up for it because you know they need all the help they can get at the moment. But yeah, so. It's going to be rough for AEW for the next couple of years, I think. But then if they can weather the storm and get a decent TV deal, I think they'll be okay. And I think the industry as a whole will actually be better off for this move. Um, Having Hunter in running the show and hopefully having a more amenable um, set of people running the business. You know, Nick Khan's a businessman. He's looking for the company to do as well as possible. If that means... You know, doing joint ventures with competition to build up the industry as a whole and make them even more money, make the make the product more desirable. I'm sure he'll be up for that. So, yeah.
0: See, one of the one of the problems, as I see it, is there are just too many wrestlers across all the promotions to the point where I don't know. I don't. Know, I don't know how it can work because how do you Balance that because there's 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 always going to be I don't know there, it, it's always going to be like a twenty eighty situation where twenty percent of any roster for any brand are the ones that are getting the the big stories they're getting the uh, cat you know they're getting the screen time and it feels like eighty you know the, the rest of the eighty percent of that roster will get you know. But I don't know, <clears throat> just not the level of exposure uh, and booking that that they probably signed up for.
2: I, um, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think I think it can work. I mean, like you, like to your point, it's been either one or the other for a long time. And I mean, at the moment, if you watch WWE main roster, you're getting the same matches, the same rematches again and again and again, week in week out. But if you took, a, you know, a small portion of the guys, if you took like a Miro, um, Alistair Black or House of Black even and all those guys uh, and a couple of other people and you you sprinkle them across Raw and SmackDown, then you've got a whole bunch of new matches that picks that up and it gives that, it gives those guys who aren't, well, those guys actually are doing stuff, but do you know what I mean? Those guys that are kind of not really doing too much right now, it kind of it, it gives them a bunch of fresh things to do, lightens up, The roster on another on another side, and I I think that that balance can work across Mm. across both um, companies. But uh, you know whether they can work with each other is you know that's that's the uh, the fifty thousand dollar question, right?
0: Well, I do. Yeah, I mean that that's a good point. But I do also think they, well, WWE in particular, they they need to stop this crap with. Uh, you know, three wrestlers holding all the the major titles. But even if you look at things like the Intercontinental title and the US title, and of course, the uh, 24-7 championship, good God. But they can elevate those belts again and have...
2: The prestigious 24-7 title, get it right,
0: down. The prestigious. But I think, you know, that you can have a situation where those, you know, those belts you know, there's multiple people feuding for different championships. And that's, that's what I think we've lost from, from WWE. And it's become a little bit problematic on AEW because AEW has, you know, a number of, of different belts and and titles, but it feels like, again, it, there's only really one feud per belt happening at a time. Um, and you know they they do have they, they certainly do factions better than um WWE and they 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 make use of their talent better but i think the factions thing after a while it just becomes a, an excuse to sort of use the talent rather than that talent having any real purpose or direction so yeah it, it it'll be interesting i mean i'm i'm hoping that if, if WWE becomes a better product again and, and you know, becomes a better balance between wrestling and entertainment, even if it's just that NXT becomes, you know, their, their wrestling sub-brand, the, the competition naturally just helps the industry as a whole. But, you know, to to all of your points, I think it's going to take a long time. It's going to be gradual and... Yeah, it'd be interesting, obviously, you know, we, we we talked about the fact that WWE could be sold at any moment. Um, we don't know that that's going to happen. And they've got, I don't know when their,
2: their TV deal runs out. Because it's, they've got... Uh, 20, I think 24... Yeah, I think twenty. Hmm, yeah. when was the last one? It's like a four-year deal? Cause that's because Smack SmackDown yeah. and Raw are on different TV. Yeah, SmackDown's Fox and um, Raw is uh, NBC. No, USA. Because I would be surprised, considering all
0: that's happened in the last sort of, you know, five or six years, that when th- those contracts come up for renewal, that I I don't think the WWE are going to get as much money as yeah. they have done in the past.
2: you'd be you'd be be surprised i I think (laughs) i think they for the for regular tv program i think they're seen as a bit of a safe bet even though the numbers are dwindling just generally less people watching tv anyway and they still rack in you know over well over a million per show i think smackdown's over two million now actually at the moment so it wouldn't surprise me if they get another decent tv deal especially if hunter manages to Get people watching again, because the last couple of weeks their numbers have been up. Because since the Vince announcement, funny enough. So true. Well, I, yeah, th- I Raw, think Raw was nearly over two million this week. I think actually. Wow. Yeah, it was like ten percent, wasn't it?
0: Yeah. Yeah, I th- I think that I think possibly why the board acted the way they did with Vince is not well. I, I'm not saying that the things were going to were dying, but there was a certain decline that was happening um, that they needed to address. So it wouldn't, you know, when we think that they're, they're doing the, the, this for like good, good reasons, you know, good moral reasons. They're not, they're just trying to protect their, their own money and their own investment. So it's not the whole pushing Vince to one side isn't because it's the right thing to do from a moral perspective. I'm pretty sure that they're all looking at this and saying oh you know he might he's going to cost us a few million if he carries on like this so therefore let let's let's push him push him to one side so that we we can make the the maximum amount of money possible but yeah pretty cynical way of looking at it <laughs> um yeah so on that um kind of final bombshell before we discuss you know the the education process—you know how many courses you have to take to become a masseuse. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll put a link on the website to uh, you know the various GNVQs and um, training that, that you know that goes into. I should know, have masseuse. said
1: management. <laughs> I don't know why I picked on the masseuses. I have no idea. That's going to haunt me forever now. <laughs>
2: yep, been recorded. That's not yeah. good. <laughs>
0: It's going to be like one of those Twitter scandals that. It's totally
1: you know, going to be a Twitter scandal. <laughs> it's going to be like, remember that time Rich said, um, Masseuses for football players don't deserve money.
2: <laughs> it's going to be the next big headline. Everyone's going to forget, forget about Vince next week. It's all going yeah. to be about Roth and the masseuse, no, <laughs> masseuse Gate.
0: He'll be about to be announced um, as one of the new X Men. And, yeah. they were like, and Richard Roth was uh, was about to be announced as Gambit,
2: Jean Grey. I
0: was going to say Bishop. New, <laughs> oh, wow. X Men <laughs> franchise when it when it came to light that there were various scandalous comments about masseuses in a podcast ten years ago. So oh, now, now he's been sacked. Yeah. Well. Thank you, gentlemen. Um, I, think, I think we've all kind of uh, have a consensus or a fairly kind of good, balanced opinion on what we think is going to happen with uh, WWE. So, uh, yeah, thanks, guys, for making this an awesome podcast and for everyone to tuning in and listen. And, yeah, we'll catch up with you again soon. Take it easy.
1: Bye. Sorry, Miss E.C. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Bye. Ah, happy ending.